You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up? Welcome to the Van Flip Podcast. I am your host, Lurk. If this is your first time here, thanks for tuning in. We greatly appreciate you checking us out. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you are listening to us on a platform that you can give us a rating, just go ahead and give us a five-star, thumbs up, or whatever the highest thing is you can. It definitely helps us out in the algorithm of the podcast world. Visit lambgoat.com to stay up to date on news, releases, and announcements from around the hardcore and metal world. Follow Lambgoat on social media. Give us a like on Facebook. You can follow us on both Instagram and Twitter at Lambgoat. Go follow Van Flip Podcast on Twitter. Tweet us what you think of the show and what the next guest that we should have on. If you are interested in watching the podcast instead of listening to them, all of our episodes are available to watch on Lambgoat's YouTube channel. So subscribe and make sure you get notified when new episodes are released. I would like to take a quick second to thank our Patreon supporters, Dylan and Lachlan, and our newest supporter, Jeff. Thank you for supporting the Van Flip. You guys are awesome. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, not only would you help improve and grow the show, but you also get early access to episodes, an invite to the private Discord chat, Lambgoat swag, and more. We will even shout you out in the show for as long as you are a supporter. Visit patreon.com slash thevanflip for more info. On this episode of the podcast, we sit down with Adam and Mike of the Tennessee band Orthodox. Oh yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is good stuff. Oh no, it's <laughs> Lamgo presents the Van Flip Podcast. Nashville. Nashville. Okay, cool. All right, we're back on the blah, blah, blah. Oh. Sick. Yeah, that's not how we started off usually. All right, back. We're back because of the podcast. <laughs> I'm sitting here with... Uh, I'm sitting here with Adam and Mike of the band Orthodox from Memphis, Tennessee. That's How are wrong. you guys doing? Ah, fuck, we just talked about it. Nashville. Damn. <laughs> I got Memphis on the brain, I guess. I don't know. This is Tennessee in general. How are you all doing today? <laughs> good. Doing good. Yeah. There's always something, dude. Yeah. There's always something. <laughs> so you guys are technically, but untechnically, a relatively newer band, but you've been playing music for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um. So how, what were you guys doing prior to Orthodox or prior to what Orthodox became? I mean, I started Orthodox my senior year of high school. So musically, this was like the first real thing I had. Uh, you know, outside of that, the only real credible band that I was in around that time, I used to play drums in a band called Daisy Head, but that was about it, really. I didn't, I didn't have anything else beforehand worth mentioning. Just a bunch of, you know, shitty Christian deathcore bands and bad local hardcore bands. So Christian deathcore is an interesting subgenre. South Southeast man, naturally. I know. I, had I, it. No man. Christian yeah. music is definitely different than it was when I was a kid. It was like DC talk and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I vaguely ventured down that avenue as a youngster. You know what I mean? Okay. But then you have other bands like, uh, well, big bands like August Burns Red is mm-hmm. also clearly a Christian band. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, we have a band, the Impending Doom, coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're coming. So we're going to try to get them on as well. Spoiler. Uh, but anyway. I would still mosh to an Impending Doom set. Yeah. Oh. It's really going to be, oh, uh, yeah. it's going to be at, like, the this venue that's 
mostly Christian artists or whatever. And I've been there before. I saw like Norma Jean way back in the day there. Um, I think before Corey joined the band, but after Josh. So it was like one of the intermediate singers. But that was a cool little time. Haste the Day was there too. Uh, Anyway, moving on. That was my first heavy show. Yeah? Haste the Day. Is that like one of your influences that you have? Or no, no. But it's just first heavy show I went to was like 2007, I think, or so. It was Haste the Day, Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, Drop Dead Gorgeous. That's his. He's all, he's all about that. Gwen Stacy. And, he's all about uh, it. You said my not bad. to tap I know, my bad. I'm my bad. I'm going to scoot over a little bit. Yeah. There's like a, you know, the tables there. But them and then the band called As Hell Retreats was the opener, and they were a local band at the time, and that was like the first band that ever took me on the road, so... So was that like your first forte into like heavy music, just that show, or were you listening to things? I was listening. In that I just never went, and then that show came around, and mom let me go. <laughs> yeah, because it was a Christian band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mom, Christian, I swear. Mom has to be the you know you have to be approved to go. Yeah, she was like, I don't want you thinking this is going to be something you do all the time, and. <laughs> Now here I am on a fucking Lamgo podcast. Yeah, yes, so. doing it all the time. <laughs> so what do you guys do in the band? I'm the singer. Adam? This is Adam. Yep. Mike, drums. Mike is the drummer. And what were you doing prior to Orthodox? And, and were you, because like we said earlier, you were like 2012, 2013, yeah. you kind of started doing the music venture. Were you along for that entire time, or did you come around later? No. So um, the, the band is based out of Nashville, but I'm I'm from Ohio. So I've I've been in... Several different bands from Ohio, and I've I've toured. I don't remember how we met. I think it was when Expire was doing that house show tour. Oh, I was in a band. Oh no, we met it in Columbus. Okay, Orthodox I, probably played a venue in Columbus. I think it was Double Happiness. Double Happiness, and I either one of my bands played or we were in like went. twelve. In the band at, at the time, we came. It was a band called Head Rush. We were on tour going to some venue, not in Nashville, but Expire was doing the house show. And we stopped. They were playing, and we walked in, and you gave us a shout-out. I saw, yeah, I saw you guys walk in. Yeah, and all of us, like, moshed for a second. People were like, who the fuck? Who are these weirdos? Like, I've never seen these people in my life. And then... And then you left and went to a really bad show in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Almost got into a fight with somebody at that show. Later down the road, get a call, or no, an I, IG DM, I'm pretty sure. Slid the DM? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And it was just asking me to fill in for a tour. It was the... Blessed by the Burn tour. Blessed by the Burn tour for Left Behind and... Mercy Blow. Mercy Blow opened. Cool. And that was that. I get Left Behind and let them suffer mixed up. Left Behind, is they, are they from Georgia? Or? They're from West Virginia. Okay. West I'm Virginia. thinking, I, I get, there's a bunch of those, you know, all the bands that have L similar bands. names. Yeah. Right. So that was, yeah, I've been touring for a little while, and then we kind of just linked up for, what year was that? Let's say how long? 2017. 17. No. Oh, yeah, 2017, end of 2017. Okay. When you kind of officially joined the fold? Is that before or after well, that, the, that was, that was the first tour? Yeah. When I joined was the I following summer. A week before. We did another the, the headline yeah. tour. You're like, hey, do you just want to do this? And I was like, yeah, all right. So, so do you do you good. currently travel to and fro mm-hmm. from Ohio? Yeah. Mm. How does that work? I mean, we don't really get together unless we're going on a tour. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's about a six hour commute. Does it affect the writing and recording process for that kind of stuff? Or Not do you really do the like recording a lot of... process, but I, I don't have 
on this last release, I didn't have a lot of hand in like actually playing. Like he's a drummer, okay. So <laughs> that's easy, okay. So so is a lot of it kind of already pre-constructed before you get in the studio, or is it like something that maybe where like um, there's like a rough demo of like guitars and vocals, and you may like have a idea of what the drums may yeah, sound like. We do like. We do pre-production stuff uh, with our good friend Daniel Colombo, and uh, I write the basic drum parts, like what would usually just like the idea of what would be played in a certain thing, and then leave some of it open mm-hmm. for him to put his own taste. And then sometimes, since I don't have to actually play it, I put things that are just kind of mean to put in there, and he just has to deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he deals with it, though, so yeah. It's like guitar players writing on guitar tab. Yeah. Stuff they can't really play or stuff someone else couldn't play and be like, here you go. Yep. Yeah. So you guys um, just dropped a, a new record uh, January sometime? February, January? February 7th. Okay, so early it's February. Yeah, yeah. Almost a month. Three weeks today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you want to check that out, that – never mind, that playlist isn't public. But it's on my personal playlist. I'm making a playlist for, like, top albums of the year. Oh, so damn. you guys have made, made the cut it. at least, not for the end result, but you're in there in the I running the at running. least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right in early. It's a long race. Yeah, you know, yeah. it probably is going to be helpful for you guys too because mm-hmm. I listen to it a lot more. There we go. Yeah. So, Maybe uh, you'll get sick of it by the end of the year and we're just that's off the true list. Too. Mm-hmm. That is true too. Then I was like, ah, you know, delete. But um, yeah. yeah, we definitely, well, we had you guys in the new album playlist. We do a new album playlist every Friday. Okay. It's like today we've yeah, uploaded yeah, all yeah. the new ones. And so you guys were on that one too. Uh yeah, but I, I definitely have been checking it out, and um, man, I, can't, I was trying to, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about you guys, um, one of my followers, or just one of the Lamb Goat followers, or whatever, but um, I was like, yeah, man, they sound like such and such, and I was trying to figure out, I was trying to figure out what I said, I even almost like tried to search for it on Twitter before I got you guys, but <laughs> I was like, damn. I just said it sounded like shit, it's fine. No, nah, it's not <laughs> shit, it wasn't shit, but it was definitely like, uh, the, there's a, the new kind of like style of metalcore so to speak yeah it's so different than when i was oh it's you know what i mean funny being like oh they're a metalcore metalcore band or they're a metalcore band right it's like see i don't two know different worlds. Like, what the fuck does that mean yeah exactly <laughs> you're like oh no no they're like this metalcore yeah. not this metalcore yeah it's annoying the term <laughs> is completely uh law i mean when someone says it's metalcore like i know right off the bat it's not at this point yeah it's not especially on twitter like they love to just say metalcore for anything Anything that has, like, singing in it, I kind of consider, like, a post-metalcore. I don't even know what the post part means. I, I call bands that, but I don't know what it means. I would like, assume it means, like, singing. Yeah? Like, Why is it called post? Well, because post-hard is after hardcore. Okay. After metalcore, right? I mean, yeah, Isn't that's that simple enough. Yeah. Then what's the – would pre just be punk, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, like punk we're music, yeah. Yeah. hardcore. It's all, it's all rock and roll. It's, yeah, that's like I just hardcore, metal, I straight up when people ask where we are, I'm like, we're a metal band because that's what we listen to and it's what, what would, it, okay it all draws back to. So. What would you, what would you say you sound like? Not when, not when genre you, wise, but like so when somebody asks me, yeah, like if you had like oh, three what, bands, you sound what like band this. Are you in? We sound like Slipknot. <laughs> Everybody knows who that damn band is. Yeah. yeah, it's like, and you can take you know influence. You know, you listen to it, and it's like. Okay, yeah, that that riff for that that part is like super Slipknot or Corn or whatever, but you know that's just the easy answer for me. Yeah, I I say Slipknot, System of a, System of a Down, and Gojira. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. That's yeah, weird you say that because 
I definitely get like, and again, not derogatory in any way, fellas, but I get like a new metal kind of vibe, yeah, which is cool. But I grew up on that <laughs> shit too. That's so. what I grew up on. We're yeah, we're that's what we're pulling from. I call you know? it new metal core. I think there the internet yeah, calls it new metal core. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid to say it on the microphone, but you know, <laughs> sure. That's not a bad thing. I'm actually here for that whole like Hell revival because yeah. a lot of bands are like that, like. uh Loathe. I mean, these are all albums oh, that came out when you guys. We literally we, put the record out the same day as Loathe. Our record's day. called Let It Take Its Course. Theirs is called I Let It In, and it took everything. And yeah. I had no idea of it coming out, and then it came out. I was like, dang, we like almost said the same thing. Yeah. And yeah, theirs. You is, don't. They don't sound. Y'all don't sound all, the same. No. But they definitely. You both are definitely like new metal. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of opposite ends yeah. of the same collective. Yeah. But yeah, their records sound. I can't. Beautiful. I can't believe I don't know what the fuck I. Like I was referring to you guys as because it was like dead on in my head and I loathe I was like deathcore deftones that's what it sounds like to me like they're they you, got you the just call us the future it's cool. future yeah they are the future of music <laughs> going forward uh, no it definitely has like a like I said like a new metal vibe and you saying Slipknot and Corn and shit like that I'm like yeah I can totally see that your vocals is almost kind of like in the same vein of, as like Frankie from Immure and shit so. Uh, I haven't heard that one yet. The style, the way that yeah, you're yeah. just like the weird going it. from talk and then it gets intense right. talk and then it yells. And, yeah. But also, you saying Slipknot? It's also kind of like Corey too. Yeah, I get we get King mm-hmm. 8 a lot too, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Or, is it A one O? Yeah, A one O. Okay. Um, is it? This is your first LP, right? Second LP. Second LP. Second yeah. LP. Okay, mm-hmm. so was, what your first one was itself? Uh, it was called Sounds of Loss. Sounds of Loss, but came did you out. put it out yourself, or was it... Came out there unbeaten. This okay. was our second second album with them. Okay. And when did you guys drop that? Was it a full length or an EP? It was full length in 2017, in okay. May of 2017. Before you were around. Correct. Slightly, Correct. like yes. half a year beforehand. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask, do you have any writing on this? But yeah, we already kind of went over yeah. that. <laughs> now, that, one, that one was me and uh, Tyler Williams, who plays bass for Counterparts. Okay. Now, he was with... That, he was one of the original touring members of the band and then counterparts offered him that position and i was like yeah duh, yeah duh. <laughs> yeah we had brendan so, on a couple months ago i bet that was fun yeah it was fun he's a cool dude <laughs> i mean i'm half canadian he's canadian so you know what I mean? uh, yeah there you go Boner bunch brothers. of a's yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about stuff no one understands yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah that was cool another cool thing or another thing i shouldn't say i shouldn't say cool or not cool but another thing that i researched is uh and we seem to be having a lot of these types of bands on the podcast recently but uh straight edge are you guys still all straight edge yeah. yes okay um where where did that kind of start or is that just like something you've done since you were younger or is it something that you kind of like picked up along the way because like you know sometimes people have problems and then they're like i'm going clean all the way uh orthodox i personally me i was always sober just from family experiences i was just didn't want to touch the stuff Mm-hmm. Um, and then Orthodox started and I was like, I want this to be a straight edge band. And Nashville at the time had, a, had one other straight edge band called enough. And so it was kind of like a, you know, Nashville needs more of this. So we started doing that and it stuck. And then as the years went on, we were like, yeah, let's just, I mean, there's no point in changing it. It's kind of what we knew. We, we were very, still are very proud of it. So it was kind of like, what's the point of redacting it, you know? Right. It, you know, it's just yeah, kind of became a part of. I don't want to say it's part of the image, but I would say it's a part of the name almost. Well, yeah, and it, it's a lot less of the old two EPs. You know what I mean? And it's not like the 
hard, super hardcore that Orthodox used to be. Yeah, when we first started out, we wanted to be a faster foundation, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And like then, a preachy kind of situation? Or? No, just musically. Okay. Just like it was a lot of really tough riffs with some panic chords mixed in there. Very much like an actual hardcore, like a metallic hardcore band. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then so that was our first release. Second release started to have like a little bit of like new metal groove elements here and there, but still very much that same basis. And then when we started writing the LP, Tyler and I both were like, dude, we didn't grow up listening to this music. We started writing like a couple of songs and we were like, man, this is what we want to write. And kind of just made the jump and it worked out. Mm-hmm. And that's what brought us where we are. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, or I was going to ask, <clears throat> is your lyrical content kind of based within that belief system too? Or is it just like a little bit of everything? It's, it's more so a lot of the songs we've, we've got are written about experiences that led me to stay the way I am Making with straight decisions. edge, but it's not so much the, like a, a blatant straight edge band, yeah. you know, like inclination has that song that says I'm still fucking straight edge. And that's probably one of my favorite songs, <laughs> but we're not as straightforward about it. So cool. Um, so, do you want to get into your why you're straight edge? I mean, it's it's just simply. I mean, because we read we read a couple of things online, so that's yeah, why yeah. I, I mean, we, I kind of have an idea. There's enough of the stories out there. Okay. I mean, it's, it's literally just. I feel like a lot of people have the similar experience of they grew up watching people they love fall to addiction mm-hmm. and decided they didn't want to create the same pain for someone else. Yeah, and that was that. Because I also share, I'm not straight edge, I, not that I have anything against it or anything like that. I was at some point before I was 21, like most you know people <laughs> in the hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I also feel like we kind of have the same kind of somewhat similar experience. A family member of mine also, who is much, much older than I am, uh, I don't know, very like there's a lot of pills being taken and stuff like that. I'm not saying that that is negative or a positive thing because obviously – People say they have this and that. Yeah, but um, well, there's a there's a fine line between necessity and abuse. Well, I also think older people, as far as like the older generation, don't really understand that. Like, wow, I'm an I'm an addict, but I'm still getting this stuff from my doctor. So yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think that is just some kind of like mental thing that the older generation has, where they trust everything that the doctors or the news or anything like that is saying. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like uh, I've shared the same sentiment, so I don't. Whereas I'm not straight edge, I'm not, like, doing everything and anything. Like, uh, yeah, like, any kind of, like, mm, over-the-counter, like, even just cough syrup or regular ibuprofen or something like that. I rarely ever take ibuprofen. And I don't really take any pills for the most part. I don't take uh, anything, like, non-natural for the, you know, for the the whole thing. So, I smoke, I smoke weed. You know yeah, I was about to be like, yeah. oh, so what you're saying is <laughs> I smoke weed. you want the smoke. Yeah, no, and... Uh, it keeps it organic. Yeah, I'm very... Uh, Vegan in that aspect. There you I'm go. Vegan drug user. Plant based. Yeah, I'm plant based. Plant based uh, drug user. But yeah, and even then, I was very late to the Jeez. game on that. I was like probably your age before I even like dabbled in it. Uh-huh. So I, I lived a long time. I grew up in the dare culture. You know, I was like yeah. a young, oh, yeah. youngster in the dare culture. And that really freaked me out. So it is what it is. Yeah, it did. It, that, yeah. that was what they were trying to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now it's like different. They all want you to take that. You know what I mean? I feel like you're getting you're getting pushed a lot. Uh, you can see a lot of like commercials, a lot of things that lead down that road. And then yeah. 
then you're on Oxycontin for like ever. So, yeah. you know what I mean? This is like a whole situation, man. Anyway, uh, so the name Orthodox, is it kind of involved with those choices or? Yeah, kind of. So a lot of people think it has some sort of religious base just because yeah, like Orthodox Judaism, Christianity, all that kind I first of stuff. Started, yeah. It's not that. It's If you look at the word Orthodox, by definition, without any kind of religious pretext, it's it's a it simply means a belief that a lot of people claim to know but few know the true meaning of and if that's not fucking straight edge then i don't know what is so yeah um i had a we were me and jp were talking because we had a sect on they played with magnitude Mm -hmm. down the street from where i live actually and um we did we had uh chris from sect on and everything like that and then when we went to the show we noticed it was at a bar for one uh so it was like a Almost a complete straight edge tour package for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the openers or local people were in the same avenue, but um, we noticed that like boom, as soon as the show was done, that place like kind of cleared out because obviously no one's yeah no one's buying any alcohol right, or anything right, like that right. from the bar, so there's no reason for them to stick around. So we were discussing like, is it harder for you guys to get booked in venues that are like roughly bars? I'm not like you guys. I shouldn't say you guys. I should just say like bands that maybe have like a more straight edge following or whatever. Like, does that come into, I've never had, I mean, we've had, there's been bars that have named drinks after us. Like I've never had any, I mean, for the most part, like our crowd is, you know, 20 to 25 for the most part, I'd say. And yeah, I've never even thought of it. So no, I've never, I mean, a lot of the people that obviously listen to our music, they're not straight edge. Yeah, true. And yeah, we I also it's, we're definitely it's rare we ever go on the road and don't play with other bands too. Mm-hmm. Right, so. like the the whole bill on this tour that we're on right now. No, you know, yeah, not straight edge. There's like a couple, a, a couple. There's dudes Matt, on, Matt on the package. Matt and Andrew. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, they're they're not straight edge bands or anything like that. I don't right. even think we've had uh, straight edge locals or anything like that. So. Yeah, I've never had an issue with that in the past no. with any of the bands I've yeah. been in. I was just curious because, I mean, obviously, like, some tour packages or when a show is booked, there's, like, a split or you may – the the bar may charge less for the tour package because they're going to get, like, increased alcohol sales or this, that, or the other. Um, it was just something I thought about on the business end because it's something I never even, you know, thought to myself was I, an issue. I feel like it may be even one of those things where if we're coming to a city, I feel like – if a promoter knows their shit, chances are they're probably going to try to find somewhere other than a bar to put us right? just because of that fact. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever heard of a bar not taking us. I mean, because I we're, say yeah. bar. I mean, it's like, I mean, but like tonight, in those, you know yeah. I mean? Oh well, yeah. I mean, it's not the venue that 99% of the venues that we play are bars. Yeah. There's, so that's, that's, that's how we If go. you're going to have hardcore bands, you're probably not making money off the hardcore band. Like realistically. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like, another, that's, that's, that's the, the bar is what keeps a venue going, unfortunately. But, it's, and that was my rational rationale for that because if the, you know, if the venue's not making money, then what's to say that they stop booking those kinds of shows yeah, exactly. or, or whatever. And then, you know, it's just, uh, something I never really thought about, but it is interesting to kind of discuss with people because it's like one of those things where you don't necessarily want to um, chastise, you know, that demographic, but yet they don't really benefit. There's no benefit to them being there. Right? I, yeah. I feel like 
but at the same time, if you're gonna if you have a bar but you're willing to have all ages shows, then you already know what you're doing. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So and a lot of bars have that you know upcharge for underage. Yeah, that's so another they, thing. So they don't lose you know ten dollars on heads that walk if you're the of door. age twelve to fourteen if you're under or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. How often are you guys on the road? Is it like a almost full time thing for you guys? I mean, now you have the release out, so obviously you're going to be hitting it a little harder. But like prior to the release, like I'd are you hitting the road a lot? We would do like two to three, like forty day tours a year. Mm-hmm. Right now we're on the longest one the band's ever been. This one's like a little over. I think it's like seven weeks. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we started on February sixth, and we'll be out till March twenty seventh. Um, so I'd say roughly in the ballpark of a hundred plus days a year. Interesting, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys have, like, side gigs that you guys obviously do when you're back at the house? Back yeah, home? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 work keep busy. A, I work at a restaurant back home um, and then manage some Airbnb properties. Uh, Austin, our guitarist, works at a, at two restaurants back home. And then uh, Shiloh, our bassist, is now, like, a full-time merch guy. He, like Prince Merch or... No, he he does merch on, 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 oh, okay, on the road. Okay. He's actually yeah, the he's TM actually, for this tour. <laughs> he's full time on the road. Yeah, he's on like, the road. That was his job now <laughs> a lot. How does that work? Did he just get a phone call and then he like goes somewhere and meets up with the band and just goes out with them? We I, it all started because we did a headliner with Spite in 2018, and he just got to know, to know the guys really well. And I think he just told him, "Hey, I'm interested in getting into this. If you ever need somebody and." Gave him a call and it worked out. He he's great at his job and you know you get in good with a band that sells a lot and they're going to tell their friends who need some help and mm-hmm. it the cycle repeats and you get more more offers. Yeah. So I always thought it was very weird that that started becoming a thing where like they'd have like merch people for mm-hmm. different same merch guy but for different bands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I a mean, career for some people. Yeah. I got some oh, friends yeah. that make like. Really good money. Just See, I don't. I don't guy. even. I, again, I don't know how it's, they would make money. But I mean, it's a full time job paid. out there. I yeah. mean, like when you're moving that that much product and handling money, and you know the bands have to do their shit throughout the show, and they don't want to. You know, a band like that size doesn't want to fuck with merch. They don't yeah. want to do that. It's right. they have enough on their plate. They got to you know do sound check. They got to warm up. They got to do all this other bullshit. Load in, load out. So when you get some guy who's like, hey, I'll, I'll take, I'll handle it, and they're like. Well, shit, you know. And then you start getting paid and you know, making tips and stuff, and you're like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, it's a job. other bands. Yeah, go out and do oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing. Um, I have a buddy of mine who's in the services, and he's been in services for like 14 years, and he's getting out relatively soon. So he's like wondering what to do and this or the other. Not saying he's going to be a tour manager or anything like that, but <laughs> I was like, man, you haven't hit the job market <laughs> like you know. Almost two decades. I was like, it is completely different out here now. I was like, anything's a job. And it's weird, you know, that all these little yeah. jobs pop up and people, like, make careers off of them. But um, anything is a job. You know, for the most part, yeah. Because you, you can get money on the internet for doing yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have a fans-only account. Yeah. <laughs> crazy shit, man. There's always a buyer. Yeah. Yeah. It's the content. You just have to have the proper content. Yeah. For That's anything, not just for <laughs> Well, dealers, record label manager are the Franz. Are we really going to talk about Franz's OnlyFans account? Right yeah, now? I, I can't wait. I can't wait. He may be at the show tonight. I, I was talking to him earlier. Uh, I can't wait to have him back on. He was the first guy we ever had on the podcast, which um, was very interesting because, like, I had no, I had no idea about him personally, 
any uh, I only knew about Attila, and you know I'm not like the biggest fan, unfortunately. But um, he was super interesting, and I would love to catch up with him now to talk about his fans only account or you know whatever's happened in the last year for him as well. But that'd be interesting, I think, because he's done some yeah, wild out shit. Yeah, <laughs> good content. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what that's what sells, you know. If yeah. you if you don't follow him on if you, if you don't follow him on Twitter, it is crazy uh, sometimes for sure. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yeah, he was talking about Dealer last time he was here, and then, you know, lo and behold, they are here now in America, I think, for the first time or something, so. Yeah, they're killing it. Yeah. They smash. It's a good band. Yeah, they are. They just had a record out, too. But let's get back yeah. to your record. Okay. <clears throat> Is there anything different between this record and the last record? Because obviously, like you were saying, you guys were writing songs, and you were like, hey, you know, let's kind of scratch this whole vibe, and was it like a complete pivot? I would say... You know, stepping from the old material into Sounds of Loss, which was the first LP, mm-hmm. was already a big jump to where we were, we sounded like a hardcore band that really wanted to be a new metal band. And on this record, we took the risks that we executed on the first one and, you know, instead of just dipping our toes in the water, like actually dove into it. So it's a lot more in the direction that we were interested in. You know, it's it's a bigger push. It's a it's a progression. That's the best way to put it. Is it's really the only. This is deeper. Yeah, it's it. When I think about the new album following the first, it's kind of the only direction that made sense. So it just felt na- more natural. Yeah, uh, I think we definitely found a lot of comfort knowing that. Because I mean, we literally when we wrote Sounds of Loss, we were like, if this doesn't do well, we'll just break up. Because I'm tired of grinding for this okay. bullshit. Yeah, no, really, that <laughs> yeah. was. And lo and behold, people liked it, and it kind of caught a second wind at some point. And like that record, that's that is the album that opened a lot of doors for us. To the Sounds point, of Loss, yeah. Yes. Where yeah. when people are like, yeah, I didn't really listen to you guys before Sounds of Loss. I'm like, oh fucking thank God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, it's, so going forward, it's just we got a lot more, like I said, a lot more comfortable because the risks we took paid off, and so we're kind of like, well. I think people expect us to get even weirder, so let's give the people what they want. And yeah, that's where the new. I knew that door was going to open. I felt it. Okay. Well, thanks, Barry. (laughs) My man, that's Barry, the local guy around here. Oh yeah, the local guy. Yeah, he's a he kind of runs not runs it, but he maintains this lovely piece of property. Talk talk to Barry. Barry's the man. All All right. right, noted. Don't yeah, do okay. Uh, anyway, Barry is here. I guess yeah. you. He's always he's he's present, accounted for. Yeah, he can make you something out of wood if you want to. But um, damn, he ruined my train of thought. Anyway, so when did you get into like the hardcore scene? And or when I say hardcore, I mean like you know heavier music or whatever. What were you listening to prior? Uh, like what are your influences before you got into the band? <clears throat> Mariah Carey. As in, oh, like the just, I mean. Going all the way back, like, my parents were in the country music industry. Well, yeah, you guys are yeah, – you're in Tennessee. Are you from there? Nashville, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah, so you're indoctrinated. Were, yeah, straight up. My dad was head of A&R for Atlantic Records in the early 90s. That's something that we were looking up. Yep. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff with that. My grandfather moved to Nashville, well, I don't know when, way before I, – I think way before my mom was even born and, <laughs> you know, started – you know, establishing himself as a songwriter, or publisher, or producer, all that kind of stuff. And so I grew up in a household that was constantly, I mean, surrounded by country music, even to the point of like, 
I would hang out with my dad while he played demos of like Tim McGraw's new album. And he's like, Oh, we need to fix this and this, like figuring out mixes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I grew up listening to. And then somewhere down the line, Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out and yep. everything changed. Just fucked it all up. Yep. Just pissed my parents. No, but uh, <laughs> that, I mean, were they hoping you'd be a country music star? I don't think they cared really. Like they, obviously if I learned how to play guitar and, sang with a twang they'd be fine with it but it was one of those things where my brother and sister if they hear this i love you have really no musical talent and um zing my brother's a great plays harmonica really well and my sister's gotten pretty good singing but younger days didn't really have really any interest in it Mm -hmm. and uh i think the fact that i took a musical interest just excited them so they didn't really they didn't understand. Like I said earlier, they thought it was definitely a phase type thing. <laughs> Devil music. Uh, yeah, no, like it, it's it's cool to have them come to our shows years and years later and see us play like sold out shows and things. I'm like, hey, it wasn't just a waste of time. I promise. Like I mean, a lot of it was, but no, yeah, yeah, no, there was <laughs> years where what was I doing? But I, th- I think the first time I heard genuinely like heavy music that like made me like oh this is sick was like the tony hawk pro skater soundtrack was cool there wasn't even that much heavy it, stuff there on was there. like rage against the machine yeah. and like there was that anthrax public enemy uh song and like goldfinger was on there and so mm-hmm. there was a lot of that tony hawk pro skater 4 is the first time i heard system of a down that changed my life but uh before that was hybrid theory oh yeah my neighbor the played hybrid theory in the car with my mom and i heard about 45 seconds of paper cut and then she turned it off and said it sounded like prison music and eventually she caved in because she read the lyrics and realized they didn't say fuck a bunch and <laughs> and it was on the radio and the yeah. end was like a hit song so like she was singing along to that song. I, like, yeah hey. i think a lot of moms were banging in the end oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah they were and then numb that. came on breaking the to, habit yeah to the end oh yeah and um yeah, I mean that's that's really what pushed me into heavy music. So it's it was, crazy. Just, sorry, go ahead. No, it's that's. I think the first alternative CD I ever bought was The Young and the Hopeless from Good Charlotte. Sick. And we're gonna call that alternative. I'm just kidding. I like alter like right. not. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I guess technically at the time that was on the radio too. You know, it was oh, yeah. They're big MTV like band. Girls, oh yeah. Girls, like, or boys don't like girls don't like boys. Girls like cars and money. Yeah. That I you know it was on that was there. I feel like uh, and again I could just be talking on my ass because I'm whatever. But I remember them being on TRL and at the time I was like, wow, it's just so cool that this kind of music is being like yeah broad broadcasted you know nationally. But then you know like even the youth, I always thought there was something weird about the youth. And then like they were like they were working with producer from I think Goldfinger right? Yeah, John yeah. Feldy does so his like, hand in fucking everything. Well, obviously. You know, he's producing them, so he's probably making it sound some which way, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I kind of wonder, because Good Charlotte didn't sound like Good Charlotte on MTV when they first started. So, you know, I wonder, like, when did they, like, pivot to that and be like, we're going to do this? And then it became, like, the biggest thing for, for them and the youth. Yeah, I mean, the, what's the singer of Good Charlotte's name? I almost, said jo- I almost said John Madden, but it's ben- not. Is it I think Benji? his last name's Madden, though, Madden, right? yeah. Is it Benji? I don't know. Singer of yeah. Singer of Good Charlotte's on like a, a Goldfinger song. Yeah. Like he's on um January, I think it's called. But 
yeah, I mean that was that was the first like not what my parents listened to album I bought, and then from there I just had to get the lyrics approved through my mom because she would read it on the internet was a thing then she could go on and figure out what they were saying and then she'd be like oh you can listen to this and eventually I figured out that I could change the names of songs and bands on my iTunes and that's hey. when I started downloading Slipknot <laughs> and all that yep and it's DC Talk Mom chill out yeah right do you guys I mean are you guys it sounds like you kind of come from a religious background or I'm, I'm from the Bible Belt so yeah I mean yes we're all living here so uh, yeah. is that something do you carry that with you still no okay I mean believe in higher power all that kind of stuff but i don't i don't follow any particular religion by mm-hmm. any means so was it a do you think it was a drawback or a positive that and again I, i'm using this as a blanket term um that your mom like was kind of sheltered sheltering you from music i don't think she was initially sheltering me from music more so than she was just like Actually, I might, maybe that is what it is. I don't know. Maybe I've been in denial. I, but it, it didn't hurt because she at least gave me the opportunity to find mm-hmm. certain music. And that's – she. I think the – when I think of sheltering, I think of somebody, oh, they're yelling. You're not going to fuck Yeah, no, no. Out. I mean just like, like the fact, I checking, mean, the, checking the yeah, lyrics yeah. and stuff she like was, that. She was just making sure that it wasn't going to be a negative influence. And I don't – yeah, maybe that helped me out. I, I think not, that was just like a lot of parents back in the day like, oh – you know the parental advisory sticker on there. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, you got to get the censored version, and you can have it. Yeah. Walmart only. Yeah. yeah. My mom did that when I was growing up, until I was like eleven. And then she's like, "All right, fuck it. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, yeah, you're fine." The weird part for me is like my my parents were younger too. They're like twenty two, twenty three when I was born. So by the time I was like of age to kind of like start feeling the world out myself, they were like thirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, I'd have a 13-year-old if I was born at the same time my dad was. And I can't even fathom that because I have no kids. So, uh, but I don't think I was ever really, like, watched closely as far as, like, what I was intaking as far as, like, TV or music goes. Yeah. I just thought that was cool. But I also got ex- I also got exposed to a bunch of weird internet shit at a young age when, like, the, my dad didn't have a filter on the computer or anything. And we never did, but, geez, if he knew what I was fucking, like, stumbling upon. Now I'm you sure work at Lambda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> Nothing phases me now. But, uh, yeah, no, um, one of the first, like, CDs I got was, like, Doggy Styles from Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Fuck, like, man. man, yeah, no baby that's, steps there. That's <laughs> sick, dude. Fuck. Age 10 to 11, I was already thugging it Did you it ever out. ask what the, it meant? Did you just assume it was, like, oh, it's Snoop man, Doggy Style? Or did I, you, like, ever, like, oh, hey, I didn't, what's the, what is this? I never yeah. really uh, picked up on, like, the title, no, but like when they were talking about like smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice, in my head I'm like, I know Indo is probably some kind of drug, and now I fully know what it is. Obviously, like, yeah. I was like, like I gin got and juice. juice. At home. I was like, juice. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of juice? What kind of juice is juice? What is? Why is he yeah. saying about juice? Yeah. I don't know. What, I didn't know what gin was or anything. Murder was the case. All that weird shit. But um, yeah. So did you guys like? Obviously, came up in the new metals. Like you were new metal guys, and then you transferred over to kind of like. More, more or less scene music? Uh, yeah, I think... Do you think a lot of people do that? I I can't... I, it's one of those things where when I think of, like, new metal shows, I definitely don't think of younger people being there. No. Right. And so I feel yeah. like it's one of those things where, especially at that time, new metal was a big enough genre that they could afford to play venues that are 21+, plus, 18+, plus, and so on and so forth. And 
the main reason I heard about shows was because of my friends at school, and there was a venue in Nashville that I think they have one in Florida called Rocket Town. And uh, yeah, I know, I know. It's a Michael W. Smith found founded or whatever, um, and they had a skate park in Nashville called Six Ave, and I would go skate there all the time. Is it incorporated together, right? Or they're yeah. close by each other? They're it's the same building. They yeah. own it. Yeah. So I remember and, hearing about it like 10, 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh, it used to be the biggest venue for alternative music in, in Nashville. Okay. Every if you if there was a show worth going to, it was probably a Rocket Town, mm-hmm. and. So I heard a lot about shows through that and grow, you know, starting to go to shows there and being there all the time. I really connected with the staff there, became friends and, with them, and um, that's where all the shows that I heard about were at. So the new metal stuff, I mean, I didn't see Corn until last fall for the first time. Well, I've never, I've never seen them either, and that's what, I, yeah, that's on the list. Yeah, but, like, I mean, so like, it, that's one of the things where, not only that, but I don't. I don't think that some like some of my favorite bands like didn't really come to Nashville, too. Yeah, it's a it, weird. It was vibe. Nashville's a, a hard sell because yeah. it is Music City. You can go door to door to door and see insane right. musical talent everywhere. So like it's kind of a hard sell because we're spoiled. There's something to see every night. So I feel like for a genre like that, especially that was the time that like country music was really starting to become like a pop thing. Right. And so it was an even harder sell. And because of the venues that were around, I don't think there was really anything for them to go to. So, yeah, I think the reason I I was always a new metal fan, but I didn't ever see any of it because the only thing that was easily available to a kid who had to get a ride from his parents was Rocket Town. Mm-hmm. And so that was... I'd say that's probably what really pushed me into that was I enjoyed it being heavy I enjoyed the energy, and it was what was there. Yeah. And that's kind of what did it. It was one of the – because, I mean, I came from, like, just listening to the radio, you know what I mean, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the internet – I had the internet for a little while, like AOL type shit. And then we would get, like, you know, high-speed internet shortly after that. Yeah. Uh, and then I started finding, like, my own music. <clears throat> and, again, unfiltered internet. I was going all over the place. So – I found like new metal type bands, and I started gravitating more towards that. Obviously, we had Limp Biscuit here. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of my guiltiest pleasures of all time. No, yeah. fuck that. Not guilty. Not guilty. I, you know what's weird about that? I was going to bring this up too. I was trying to find a place to do that. Um, I'm so glad that I don't know what's going on. You know what? What the change was? It's probably like the internet and just internet shaming people and making people like. Um, more conscious, I guess, you know, like more woke in general. But I'm all about, like I was saying earlier, the new metal revival in hardcore <laughs> because, like, I grew up on new metal. But at the time when I transitioned from, like, new metal, like, you know, Corn, Slipknot, Linkin Park, all that shit. Oh, dude, you definitely didn't tell anybody about it. No. You weren't saying, like, you could, you I could still say, listen. You could say Linkin Park. You Not tell- even. When I, dude, really? Slipknot was barely, it, it Slipknot was barely one that you could kind of, like, have a shirt at a hardcore yeah. show or something like that, and you Dude. could be like, why is he wearing a Slipknot shirt? I had friends who didn't know that Slipknot, like, yelled in their songs. He's like, wait, they don't just sing the whole time? I'm like, no, it's not fucking disturbed. Like, it's yeah. it's crazy. Like, yeah. But I'm glad now that, because, like, even the genre itself, new metal, is becoming a big, a big thing again. Like, there's a revival of that, not just within the hardcore scene, but... Everything's so much more accepted now. <laughs> yeah. And so you can like everything publicly and out like you normally would. But, like, yeah. I like left 
new metal behind because it wasn't it wasn't just cool with the kids that I was hanging with or the scene that I was with. So it's it's pretty cool that that's a thing now. I think it's I think a lot of that has to do with the older and I could be completely wrong with this, but the way that I perceived it is that the older half of the hardcore scene clowned on this stuff. Yeah. So the younger half to be able to go to the shows where the older half to was, fit in. was keeping, you know, holding it over had to, you know, had to adapt. Yeah, and wear now the cool t-shirts, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now that the younger generation is becoming the older half of it, they're like, fuck it, like what you like, you know? Well, and I think a lot of, like, like I am older, but I'm not, like, part of the older, like, elitist yeah. group. Um, I grew up in fucking new Metal, so, like, I'm here for it, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Bro, one of the best bad bands in the world is Mushroom Head. Oh, I see, I'm and not into that. <laughs> this dude, I swear, almost Bro. every night drive... I'll be like kind of, I'll be in the front seat, like kind of drifting off, and I hear some kind of eminence. Just like I'm like, oh well, here we go. Dude, I'm from Ohio, man. It's I always felt it's like real man because I was in a Slipknot. You know what I mean? And then I was like, who's this oh, other who's band with fucking, fucking masks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Who are these who are the guys biting style? And you're like, oh, these just fucking losers from Ohio. But yeah, I've always liked that band. I don't, I don't I'll, give a fuck. I straight up because I remember when they came out, I was like, not gonna be around for long. And then here we are. And here today, they are and they're still. still right, doing let's thing. be real. I think they've been around for a little too long at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if any of them will hear me, but like. Hang it up. Hey. Hang it. I mean, yeah, hang it up unless hang, you want to let us play. Yeah, hang, hang it up or take us on tour. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. You can't have it in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's, your, what's your ideal tour package? Like, dream tour package or realistic? Both. Like, dream, give me both. Give, dream me, give tour. me the realistic first. Give me the realistic. realistic? I just want to tour with every time I die. Okay. I don't give I a fuck, fuck who else that. is on the tour. Every time I die is on it, yeah. catch me backstage, front row, in the pit. I don't care. I just want to do it every time I die. That's I like that. in in this realm of heavy music, favorite band. Is that you too? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we we've, we've talked about this. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah and he, uh, uh, those those dudes I mean, I've been watching them rips. for fucking ever. Like yeah. since fucking Jimmy Tango's method. And oh shit. man, I mean so. it there's they don't make a bad album. The, yeah, no, exactly. No. That's my, the, even the biggest bands in the world, there's an album where people are like, oh, I don't really fuck with that. If you don't fuck with a certain Every Time I Die record, it just means you're wrong. I probably like, didn't, I didn't fuck with it probably because like if I didn't fuck with an album that they came out, it's more so going to be in their later of their, later into their discography. You're still wrong. And only because well, I just didn't listen to it. Okay. Well, you know that's, what I mean? So that's once you start ignorance. listening to it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I these say, three songs, and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. These six, seven, eight, and then you're like, I like the whole thing. Every Time yeah. I Die is a weird enough band that I mean I've got them fucking tattooed on my arm yeah. but like every new record I go through it and I'm like man I don't know then I go through it again I'm like okay maybe and by like the fourth time through I'm like this is insane mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that just every new record they reach for some new star and somehow grab it and it just takes you a minute to realize what they're grabbing at but the moment it's recognized you're like wow this is like I don't even know what number was low, low teens is eight the eight oh, LP, yeah, some they're eight LPs deep, like and that. that's my favorite every time I die record. Is it? I mean, it just. I think that's the best record that. that yeah, band I mean, New Junk Aesthetic probably written. the one that I've I've attached to the most. But every new record they put out, I'm like, I don't. It sucks because I don't want to listen to anything before this now. Like, <laughs> it they just keep getting better and better. Yeah. So that that's the most realistically 
Every Time I Die would be top of the list for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of it's nostalgia for me, but Hot Damn. Hot yeah. Damn is oh, yeah. for me. They're about to do a, what, 20-year or 50 40, they might have already 45 year anniversary like of that show. They did a couple shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that. Um, so give me the dream package. Again, one band, System of a Down. <laughs> yeah, System of a Down. Well, that may, that may favorite band. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. Yeah, but that's. I mean, my my top three would be. I don't think I could choose, but Corn, Slipknot, Gojira. I mean, those bands. Well, you guys are, could technically get with Gojira. Massive. I don't know, man. That band is. They're, they're pretty. That that is one of big. the biggest current like active this generation bands that they're one of those just, bands that's still on the build. They're huge, and they're right. still getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, that band is one of the heaviest bands I've ever seen in my life. Like, I saw... They play the same day as one of my favorite bands, Lamb of God, mm-hmm. at Sonic Temple in Columbus, and I was like, this is the heaviest band of the whole... To say that of the you whole see weekend. Lamb of God and then Gojira's heavier is a Right, and I've seen Lamb of God a lot of times, <laughs> and I've seen Gojira a few, and it's just like they smoke all these other... Big ass metal bands right yeah. now. It's just the, a, the a one force. band that, that can keep up is Meshuggah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's just that's a different. That's story. I would throw them in the mix too. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen Gojira live. That's I haven't one. seen them live yet Dude, either. You, I've watched countless videos. You need yeah. to catch them. Like it's it's fucked up. Yeah. All right, so we're going to uh, we're actually running a lot later than I thought we would, but that's a good thing, guys. This natural, happens every time I do a podcast. natural conversation. Goes, mm-hmm. Just you know, way too hey, long. We're over the lot of time that I was thinking, but. Let's get to these. We'll do these like really quick answers. Uh, you don't have to like, elaborate too much on them, but these are the ones from the Instagram. Um, all right, this one is uh, you. You'll know it, but we don't have a guitar player here. Uh, six strings, seven strings, or eight strings? Nine. Nine. Preferably nine. Nine. Nice. Dual stock. You know, dual stock. Yeah. Nine. Sick. Uh, do you guys know who Galatizia is? Can you... G-A-L-A-T-Z-I-A. <laughs> no. No. Should we? As in a band? Or a We should person, just put that or... out there in the universe. Yeah. I don't know. If no. you're Galatizia, slide in our DMs. No. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. We don't no. know. <laughs> uh, still straight edge. We've already established yeah, still that. Still straight yes. edge. White or brown gravy... If it's well seasoned, I can do white, but brown's my my ticket usually. You gonna put brown gravy brown. on biscuits? Yeah. Oh, on, really? On biscuits? Excuse me. No. Brown yeah, gravy. that's crazy. I can do gravy. both, but I'm just saying brown you're gravy out, tastes good. They're out there. Matter. Favorite music to listen to while on tour outside of Mushroom Head every night. Ooh, uh, for me, not heavy music. Straight up. Uh, you love the goddamn jam rock. Dude, you uh, listen to a song that takes us on a drive. This guy, dude, Elder, um, <laughs> Bro- came Brother out Hawk, Brother Hawk. They're from Atlanta, I think. So if you haven't listened to Brother Hawk, do that. I love D'Angelo and Daniel Caesar, and then pop artists like Lord. Okay. So it's like R and B and R and B and pop. Yeah, that's so crazy when you know. You get in the nitty gritty with these guys with bands in general. Oh, our bassist uh, is a K-pop, K-pop, J-pop connoisseur. I don't understand K- it, dude. I didn't. It's crazy. It's, it's and our, if you like, go on Twitter, goal. on Twitter, it's fucking nuts. It's incredible. K-pop people, it's yeah, fucking crazy. I didn't get it because he doesn't speak the language. But like, 
I didn't get it at first because when you don't listen to it for like the musical content, it just sounds like somebody's just blaring a, a busy city in your ears. Yeah. But like as I've started listening, I'm like the musicians that play that shit, whole different level. Yeah. It yeah. is insane. A lot of that stuff that comes out, I mean, it's kind of like anime-ish music to me. And I remember, I'm not a big oh, yeah, anime fan, yeah. but like it reminds me of that. But also, you know, what's weird about music that comes from that side of the world, like baby metal and all the other kind of artists that are just like huge that come out of Japan or whatever, Korea. Um, I'm like, man, this stuff is like, and I could be completely wrong, but to me it seems like super produced. Like that's... Like baby metal, I, think I don't think part to, of, my, to, part my, of culture. to yeah. my knowledge, yeah. they are artists, and I could be wrong in this. This is just what Shiloh has told me: is that a lot of artists are literally hired for their voice by corporations that then write their music. For right, them. right, right, right. That's, so it is exactly at. a yeah. production, and the, the and video production, the face of the production is. Have you watched like those? Yeah, videos? I mean, oh, dude, everything, and not, not K-pop wise, but like bands like Baby Metal and stuff like that. When that first came out, I was like, something's something's fucking strange about that. And I was like, I don't see, like, and again, I could be, there's, like, are there dudes in the band? They have, like, metal dudes in the band, right? Or are they just all women? I don't know much I about them. I don't know much about them. Or, I think or, it might be, I could be wrong. I think, but the, I think that the musicians might be. Dudes? I think they're masked. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I yeah. felt like, because I, I, they're fronted by at least one or more women. I haven't watched Yeah, I think it's three girls that do it. But I'm like, there's no way that they're, like. We're going to be a metal band. Yeah, right. <laughs> metal music in their house or, or in their place or anything yeah. like that. So, all right. Well, like I was saying, we're running longer than I thought. So, um, yeah, we'll just wrap it up here. Uh, check out your new album, obviously. Um, fuck, I'm blanking on the title. Let it, let it take its course. Let it take its course. Uh, that just came out. You guys have vinyl for sale. You guys have all this other stuff. At the table, please buy it. Please, yeah. for the love of Jesus God, Christ. buy a record. Shit. Please buy it. Stream it. Yeah. Tell Grandma. Do you want to do like Justin Bieber and just tell everyone to stream it on very low for like days and days and days? Does he do? do that's what he did for his new record. Yeah. Oh. Oh wow, that's he got a lot of flack for that, and he still didn't make number one. Whatever. Well, we're close to number one, so if you guys could give us that extra bump, <laughs> a little you know, boost, we're number three ish. We're great. Yeah. Just try it. But yeah. Anything? Uh, we swear. Any last kind of like shout out words or any like you know. Little nuggets you want to drop on the audience to better help you guys gain fans or just seem cool? Oh, to seem cool. Jeez. Yeah, what you got? Cool. Stop trying to seem cool. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Listen to our band because we're not cool. I, and it'll be cool if you listen to it. That was way deeper than I thought we were going to get. That's all right. I don't. I'll I'm not following that. I don't. I'm not. Yeah, don't be cool. These people listen to this. We're all fucking idiots. You hit want, the you're comments. You're one too. Yeah. Troll, hit the hit the comment section for the trolling. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, and yeah, check out Orthodox. They're on tour currently now with Spite and Barrels and a couple other bands. Dealer, I am. I am. I am. And, I am. and uh, oh, is that just your? Are you on that tour with just those three? Or are you oh no, we're just making sure you say I am. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking rules. Yeah, no, yeah. I got, and I Unity from there. Texas, they were on the tour. And they Unity, cast. Unity TX. Yeah, they were them relatively kind of headline. Yeah. yeah, listen yeah, to that band as well. Too long. All right, you heard it here first. Listen to all of them, and I thank you guys for joining us once again, Adam and Mike. So uh, we'll catch you around later. Later, we'll catch Ooh. you around later. We'll get there. Later. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, 
We've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis. Punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz. And up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music. And I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.